Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we'll talk to a different guest every day from a different state every week. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Our guest is Brendan Young from, from around the Birmingham area, and we'll be talking with Brendan in just a minute. But first, I was talking to a friend of mine about my brother's couples workshop book called Two Years After Forever, sort of a, a how-to guide to improve your communication skills, which, as everyone knows, it's an, ever been in a relationship, knows how crucial that is. So while we were speaking later in the conversation, I mentioned the book again. I said, Two Years After Forever. That's the name of the book I told you my brother wrote. And she goes, oh, oh, your brother's book. I thought you meant a book you borrowed from your brother. Three little words, my brother's book. Two interpretations. She thought it meant a book that my brother, I borrowed from my brother. It's a book my brother actually wrote. So in the book, Two Years After Forever, there are exercises that will help you form better communicative skills to avoid the pratfalls like the one we had. Along with your partner, you'll learn and apply these exercises, and it helps you get back on track to why two years ago you pledged your life together forever. Twoyearsafterforever.com, two years after forever, available at Amazon today. Today we're talking with Brendan Young from just outside of Birmingham, Alabama. Brendan, how you doing? Doing well. How about you? I, I have a hard time with something. I'll tell you this right up front. I have met so many Brennans, Brennans, and Brandons really? that <laughs> I'm just going to call you B. That's, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I get I get uh, called by Brandon so many times. Anyway, I'll answer to it. It's fine. Yeah. So what do you prefer? Mr. Young? You know, <laughs> I mean, Brendan is fine. But you know what? I, I like I said, I, I don't care either way. You know, that's it'll be fun. it'll be fine one way or the other. So. Uh, I, I love your music, and I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. We talked about this in the beginning. I'm gonna say this story here. We ran into a friend of ours in uh, Terre Haute this weekend, or whatever, and uh, mentioned to her about the podcast. So she started listening to it. And she went on Facebook and she said, "There's so many different artists right now, but my favorite artist so far is is you." She mentioned you. That is awesome. Just that, and so so tell me about yourself. You're from Birmingham now, or were you from there originally? Were you from originally? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, right now, um, we're, my wife and I are going to be somewhat shortly moving more towards North Alabama. So, um, you know, I just kind of right now say around Birmingham, cause we're, we're kind of, we're kind of just here and there until the official move. So yeah, originally I'm from Oniana, Alabama, if it's in the middle of nowhere. So anybody from Oniana, there's your shout out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I find that I love that about the South though. There's just hundreds hundreds and hundreds of these little you know one and two stoplight towns with these yeah. really cool names yeah. i've got a friend of mine that's one of our sponsors actually that lives out in mississippi builds amplifiers because he got a great deal on real estate and you know mm-hmm. just wants a house for his family and he just needs a place to build his amps so so uh born and raised alabama and is it alabama or alabama yeah. alabama oh wow i so <laughs> you know people say it that way yeah i i have uh Born, been born and raised in Alabama. Um, you know, I've been um, uh, mostly always in Alabama. There was a time I was in Branson, Missouri for a little while and uh, and then now back in Bama. 
But uh, yeah, I say it, Alabama. It, it from years of of music and theater, I have almost completely lost my uh, my southern accent. But growing up, man, it was really thick, really. So give me thick. A, give me a taste of what an Alabama accent sounds like when it's on. Man, well, you know, it's kind of funny because you can you can you can hear it sprinkled into conversation here and there. You know, you down yonder or something like that. I guess right now, where I'm from, you know, in, in near Birmingham. Uh, there are people that have really thick Southern accents. And then sometimes you have people that sound more like me where there's not really much of anything, but I guess, uh, Oh, let's see. Um, you know, go down yonder past the stoplight and, you know, turn, turn left there or something like that. You know, mine is not really thick right now, but you can, you can get real thick. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, yeah, just don't play the banjo. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't actually, I need to learn it though. That'd be great. (laughs) You're a guitar player. Uh, mm-hmm, do you mm-hmm. play other instruments or is that, is that your guitar or is that your instrument rather guitar? Do you play something else? Or? Yeah, well, uh, so I've been playing guitar for a little over, oh, I'm 30 now, uh, about 25 years. I started pretty young on guitar, so I should be better than I am, but I'm not. <laughs> but um, I just by way of them being very simple instruments, I can also play mountain dulcimer and uh That's fife cool. and penny whistle if you you know like i said it's just because they're so simple and easy to pick up so yeah i've, I've yeah. played around a little bit with those types of things i can sort of pick something out on a fiddle but uh it's it's still a little a little bit of a challenge yeah i, I tell people i i can play guitar but i'm not a guitar player yeah. you know? <laughs> That's almost and, the way it is with me. I should be better than I am, but oh well, you know. I'll I, get I watched a watched a lot of your videos, and when you're playing and you've got another man playing with you, it's like you're on acoustic and they're on electric. Is that accurate? Or? Yeah. So a lot of a lot of my stuff, um, a lot of videos and and such that you may find on YouTube uh, are me and my bass player Warren Byerly, and um, so that's normally yeah he's playing bass, uh, and so we got a great little you know duo thing that we we do where we can. So yeah. Do you uh, do you use like effects pedals, loop station stuff like that a lot? Yeah, I do. Um, I have on my pedal board. Uh, I have. Uh, I run a wireless pack, so I've got my wireless set up, and then I've got a tuner, and I've got a uh, like you said a, pe- a loop station. It, it's a little ditto looper, and hmm. uh, then I've got a TC Helicon um, Harmony pedal, the Voice Tone H1 that I've had for many many years. I still think that I should get some sort of commission from TC Helicon because I've sold so many of those to other musician friends over the years. Yeah. When when you were in Branson, did you ever cross paths with a guy named Gordo? I know the name. I don't think I ever met him, but I know the name. Why, why do I know the name? He was really big for a while. He uh, he, he was a, a KT uninstalled type of master of a loop station. He had a whole rack of guitars that he would spin around. And he'd oh, start man. off and just play a little rhythm, hang it up while the rhythm is playing. And then he'd grab an electric and he'd play a little lead and he'd set it down and grab a bass. He'd oh, grab yeah. another acoustic and start doing like playing it like a cajon, you know, and then he'd start singing and they'd start singing harmony on top of it. He just layered and layered and layered right there in front of the whole audience. But he just kept going, going, oh, yeah. going with all this energy. But yeah. I, I don't, I, it's, boy, it's been, it's been over 10 years since I ran into him. Oh, but yeah. I did, I did live in Nixa though just until recently oh yeah okay yeah i know where next is just Mm -hmm. outside of branson yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so uh you've been full-time musician for how long most of your career Uh, yeah i mean you know as uh as probably most musicians you know i've had to uh 
do the day job thing here, there and everywhere. But I, I've always, you know, kind of uh, been trying to push more to do, you know, as much music as I can and stuff. Um, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's been, oh, let's see. I've been doing professional music, you know, playing gigs and stuff like that for, oh man, probably 12-ish years at this point, maybe, you know, like 10 or 12 or something like mm-hmm. that. So, um, yeah, I've been doing, doing gigs for around about that time. Are you at the point now in your career where this is your job or do you still have to have that other job? I have. Yeah. So, um, I do, I do a lot of random little things. So one of my other things, uh, I, I am a, a professional actor as well. And that was actually a day job for me for the past several years doing wow. it, um, in the, in a, uh, capacity that was, uh, educational, uh, portraying you know different historical characters and stuff like that and we would have schools come through where i worked at and so that was that was my full-time day job and doing the music stuff on the side um but right now you know with the the pending move like i said to north alabama um the music stuff is is a lot of what i'm doing right now i i'm not at my my previous day job anymore doing doing as much music stuff as i can as well as doing um doing professional like videography and photography i do a lot of real okay. estate and stuff like that it's cool though because you need that kind of flexibility to play music mm-hmm. and be able to write. exactly because you write all your own stuff just about right i mean you've done some covers I, yeah but most of what yeah. we're going to hear on this podcast are all original songs right exactly yeah anything that i have um you know like on my reverb nation or anything like that anything i've recorded mostly uh is is original stuff yeah cool so let's get into it, shall we? What? Tell me a little bit about uh, your next heartbreak. When I first read the title, I remembered this uh, comedian that once said that he's not married because he hasn't found the woman he wants to give half of his stuff to yet. <laughs> that's that's great. So okay, um, the funny thing is that uh, that song, I I wrote it. Um, I, you know, you you have those really weird. Uh, moments where you you have the inspiration for something in the weirdest of places so this one is a funny story um where i was you know just using the restroom one day i was literally just (laughs) sitting in the bathroom and i had this idea for this song of my next heartbreak i was like man that'd be a good song and i literally just typed it out on my phone like 10 minutes i had it i had it figured out uh lyrics wise and then get get done in there and go grab my guitar and uh and it just came together so it's one of those you know how it is you know as you've done some songwriting too like yeah. it it either either the song kind of writes itself to a certain degree and it's really quick and easy and you're like wow that's awesome or then you know there's times where you work for days on a song and this was one that that really came together uh really quickly and it's it's funny but um, you know, it's not really based in any kind of uh, historical fact. It was just an idea because at the time I had, uh, you know, a steady girlfriend and uh, now my wife. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it had it had no uh, no historical uh, truth to it at all. I had not lived out the story. It was just That's an idea. <laughs> but it was a great idea. It's a really good song. And what I think we'll do now is we'll uh, we'll sit back and. Uh, We'll have producer Ben put it on for us, and we'll give it a listen to. We're talking with Brendan Young from Alabama, and this song is called 
my next heartbreak. I know people say it's better to have loved and lost Than to never have loved at all So this time I'll follow through and let my heart fall for you Even though I may get hurt from the fall You look like my next heartbreak I know it might be a mistake There's one I want Young, and that was my next heartbreak. Brendan's from Alabama. Our featured guests this week on the Music of America podcast are all from Alabama. And we'll get back to talking to Brendan in just a little bit. But first, I got to talk about this. And, and, you know, we've all done this. We've all done this. If you've ever played out, you know, you, you, you find that perfect tone you're looking for. And then the club owner comes over and says, well, you know, you're too loud. You're going to have to turn that down or, or, or you have to change whatever you did. You spend all day trying to achieve that perfect tone, that, that place, that, that sweet spot where no matter what you do, you're there. Right? Well, introducing the Lexi. 
from Landry Amps. Bill Landry has built this incredible amplifier called the Lexi. It's a quality, it's a boutique amp, has 100 watts of vintage Plexi circuit at its core. It's got a real cool rhythm crunch channel, a boosted lead channel, a digital reverb, two buffered effects loop, depth control, and an awesome voice switch. So every channel has its own gain. It has its own master control, but they all share the EQ. So this Landry app, has, it has more gain than a Plexi, everywhere from a whisper to concert-level volumes. And it's designed to be played at those lower volumes. So you have this great concert hall sound, but you're playing at a low volume. So you get the tone that you're looking for and not chasing everybody out of the club and not having the manager yelling at you, you know? So, you know what I mean? It's like that heavy martial tone that, that used to require tons of volume just to get to that place, you know? Well, now you can get to that place with less volume without the tonal loss. So check it out, okay? Landry Amps. He's got a channel on YouTube, Landry Amps on YouTube, and you can check him out on his website as well, LandryAmps.com. Landry Amps, and check out the Lexi. You'll love it. So, Brennan, kids? You said you're married. Do you have kids? Oh, not yet. Not yet. Um, we have cats, so does that count? Yeah. Uh, they are they're a handful enough for the moment, yes. Well. One, one of our sponsors, and I'll probably work it into the show, is a kitty litter box. It's called Kitty's oh, Litter. Man. So, uh, yeah, it's a disposable litter box. I'll, I'll probably have to do another commercial about it just on that, but that's for another yeah. time. <laughs> uh, but in your country, a country musician, a lot of young guys, I find more and more young guys are they're really getting into the country scene. What's that all about? You know, I... My personal uh, journey into doing country stuff was uh, when I first started learning guitar, um, it was bluegrass that I was learning. So, uh, you know, it was it was funny. I, I wanted to learn guitar. My parents brought me to uh, my first lesson and he, he the the teacher started trying to teach me Sweet Home Alabama. And I was like, I'll you know, I like that song, but that's not what I want to play. And uh, I said, you know, I want to I want to play you know, this, I want to play bluegrass stuff. And so we you know, switched it up and I started learning specifically bluegrass stuff. Um, and that kind of just over time, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest influence for, for country music, obviously, you know, that bluegrass kind of folksy, uh, type stuff. And so that was kind of just how I ended up getting into doing the country stuff, um, was, was bluegrass and, you know, it, it's still, um, it's still kind of a, a influence for me uh, still today. You know, a lot of my stuff, like um, one that, you know, we'll listen to later, pray one day you'll find very kind of bluegrass folksy inspired, as you can probably see in here. So, um, yeah, that was that was how I got into it in the first place. And it's just kind of where I've stayed because of the the story, the influence. You know, it's kind of something that reflects my life growing up, all that country theming. Right, right. So yeah, that was that was a big influence. There's a a gentleman that was supposed to be on from Alabama, but he had to back out because he doesn't like any of his stuff anymore. He's <laughs> a friend oh, of no. my daughter's. Friend of my daughter's. They've been recording for for a few years, but he didn't like his stuff anymore. But he brought up. He said he started listening to country again. He goes, "When did country music become listing?" He says, "It's all about lists." 
<laughs> that's mm-hmm. kind of funny now when I listen to country music. How many songs here? Here's a this, 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 and this. And then, and that's true, that, actually. Yeah. The, the, what's the Carrie Underwood song with, uh, you know, you did this to my car or whatever, did this to your car? Yeah. Oh, yep, 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 yep. I know exactly. Yeah. Why, I, the name escapes me off the top of my head, but I know exactly. Yes. <laughs> but there's so many songs that are out like that now. It's like, I can't, I, I can't not hear it, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. And uh, so, and now your influences are, are who? Because it doesn't, you don't sound like you have a, you know, like white Ricky Skaggs bluegrass country from the 80s kind of influence. It sounds more what I would call contemporary country, more like, uh, you know, Luke Bryant, or maybe going back a little bit, George Strait and uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Brooke, uh, Garth Brooks and people like that. Yeah. Who did you listen to growing up? I mean, a lot of. A lot of my favorites and probably most influential artists, uh, country-wise, um, would would be people like you said, you know, like you know Garth Brooks, George Strait, Brooks and Dunn, um, those types. In nowadays, you got people like Luke Combs, Chris Stapleton that that have that kind of more classic and folksy, bluegrassy almost sound. More so Chris Stapleton than Luke Combs, but still, you know the the storytelling. Uh, I think that that was in those older artists and then now in some of those newer ones and everything has been uh, probably a lot of the the influence of of what I enjoy and what I write and such. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my grandson is too. And I've been playing around with some Tom T. Hall stuff because he's a mm-hmm. perfect storyteller. And just the, just how he tells his stories are fun and they're real easy to play. And my grandson's only two, so he's not doesn't mm-hmm. need to be mesmerized by a lot of things. He just needs to hear, you know, <laughs> hear the yes, songs. Yeah. And and that's that's a good thing about country that, that it seems like they're really the country music genre from then was more about mm-hmm. storytelling, you know. And that's that's me in my opinion. I you know I, I try and stay objective about a lot of stuff here, but. Uh, yeah. uh, are your parents are your parents musical or were they influenced yeah well my my dad uh plays piano um mom not so much uh but you know really um it it wasn't really a family thing you know um it was uh more so my siblings and I, I think, you know, we just ended up kind of to a certain degree being very uh, Von Trapp family because I played guitar. My my older brother played banjo. My younger brother started playing mandolin and mountain dulcimer. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it kind of was just uh, on on us rather than a, a parents thing. Yeah. I wonder if that's that's a cultural thing, because when I was growing up, you know, we were all playing rock and roll, but I grew up in St. Louis, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we grew up with guitars and drums. It would really oh, be yeah. cool if, if somebody had a, a synthesizer, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. We, Get we, your we, Moog in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But we didn't have uh, dulcimers. We didn't have fiddles. You know, we didn't have um, resonators. We just had guitars, and and hopefully they were Les Pauls or, you know, Strats and Tellies, you know? Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. my first guitar was a, an old Lyle 12-string with a warped neck. You'd almost shoot arrows yeah. off yep. it. <laughs> yeah. oh man yep 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 what i think everybody first... has an experience with some sort of guitar like that <laughs> yeah tell me tell me your worst nightmare of one of your instruments oh man well okay it's 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 actually it's it's my current guitar i have a, a martin drs2 
that um, it sounds amazing. It was just a middle of the road. You know, it's a road series. And mm -hmm. uh, I guess the only real nightmare I would have would be with that guitar because that one, uh, when I was in Branson, I was on the showboat Branson Bell. And uh, I think there was a period where I would break a string almost every day during the show uh, for like a week or two straight. And it was, it was just a combination of, of just low quality strings and just playing it every day and, you know, really beating on it and uh, uh, a bridge that had just gotten a little sharp. So I guess, I guess that's really my, my only nightmare story about an instrument. <laughs> got it worked on, got it fixed. And now the bridge is lifting off of the face of it. And, uh, had that fixed and it's doing it again. So yeah, it's about time for me to invest in another, another good Martin. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you done, you've done full band shows, right? Like with drums mm -hmm. and backup guitars. So what's that like for you versus going out? Like on the showboat, you just did yourself, right? When you're down well, on the showboat, it was a full band oh, show. Okay. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. So, um, we were, uh, it was it was a, a great great experience you know anytime that i talk about the show about i'm just reliving my glory days so uh you know this was like 2017 i get cast in this show it's a country show on the showboat and you know normally they have a variety show um yeah. type thing and they decided to try out a lunch show and it was called country on the lake and it was great we had a full five-piece band and um you know there were uh five I don't know six six of us vocalists i think it was if i'm remembering correctly so uh three guys three girls and uh man it was it was an awesome awesome experience but you know doing doing band shows um got one coming up this next weekend you know with my band and uh you know we're, we're playing a uh uh an event at a, a state park nearby uh anybody you know want to come out to oak mountain state park next weekend the 20th come on out uh, well, we're playing this six is actually going to be broadcast. This is pre-recorded, so you know what? Well, if any if anybody ends up seeing it, uh, I don't know when it's coming out. Never mind. Okay. You know what? There, <laughs> you said it was going to be the the end of this month or something, right? right you right, know, right, right. So, yeah. Actually, somebody's is... gonna. So, uh, do you have? Uh, do you have other things? Well, we'll talk about. I was going to bring up other things coming up in the future, but I want to get to that maybe toward mm -hmm. a little further down. Right now, I wanted to talk. Yeah. about the old Harry Nielsen song called Without You, except it's not a Harry Nielsen song without you. Oh, yeah. When when I first see songs, when people send them to me, like, here's my song, the first thing I see is the title. And so my yeah. association is immediately, is this, is this a new, or is this a cover of that song? Is it their version of it? Is it a true version mm -hmm. of it? And yours isn't. Yours is entirely different than the Harry Nielsen's Without You. So uh, uh, you've already mentioned that you're married. And you mentioned that you sometimes get inspiration. It has nothing to do with your wife. Was this one of those when you were gone and she was, you were missing her? Or is it just one of those things that came to you? Yeah, this one, this one is actually, you know, uh, uh, an inspired one just from that experience of when I was, when I was in Branson and she was here in, in Alabama, um, there was, you know, 500 miles between us. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, uh, we were still just dating. We were very, very new relationship at that point in time so it was something that um you know just was an uninspired one like you know like you just mentioned it was something with her being so far away uh just kind of you know putting all of that that difficulty with the long distance relationship into into a song well i, I listened to it about half a dozen times today 
and you just get some really cool lyrics in there and you can just you can feel it you know what i mean it, like you can feel what you're feeling from mm-hmm. the lyrics and how you pre- present them in the song and it's not like a big oh, crying my beer kind of thing it's just like i love you i miss you i wish you were here. I, I woke up and you weren't here kind of thing you know yeah yeah and i love that i love that uh, that ability to convey that and so does that come from from just in your heart or are you, are your inspirations for other influences, other uh, media that you followed through movies and listening to their songs, art, uh, paintings, whatever? How do you tap into that? How do you tap into that emotion and then and then bring it out your way? Oh yeah, well, that's a that's a that's a deep one. That's a deep yeah. question. Um, but your song really hit me today, yeah. and I really wanted to bring that up. Oh well, thank you, thank you. I I I guess. You know, I think the answer to that question is um, one of the one of the things that you just named off. It's more so it's not necessarily an influence of anything in particular. I think it is just something where, um, you know, if I if I write something, uh, you know, I want to be able to, to sell it. And in that case, it was something that um you know it was it was something that i was you know really feeling at that time and so mm-hmm. i think you know that was really the the biggest influence to it it was just what i was dealing with at the time what i was thinking and feeling and everything and you know i uh as as any songwriter does wanted to you know use that inspiration to try to write something that would resonate with other people too and you know really just put those feelings into the music so i think um I think that's uh, really where that came from was just it being the real emotions of the of the moment, you know, um, with with my experience with doing theater and stuff like that. You know, I, I can I can act things and everything. Mm-hmm. But this one, it was a it was a real deal kind of, you know, that's just the feeling behind the song. I'm, I'm going to put it into the recording, into the lyrics, into every element of it. So it conveys the message I wanted it to. Well, uh, you did an excellent job to me thank you thank you i and uh no that's me being subjective instead of objective so we'll let everybody else make their decision right now we're gonna play play your song again with brendan young and uh this is his song without you when i'm missing When I'm feeling all alone When I'm wanting to be holding you Your memory gets me through I could never love another more You're everything that I've been searching for I could go my whole life and never find a love, find a love so true. Every time I think about you, my heart skips a beat, and I get to wishing that you were lying here with me. I wanna roll over and kiss you. 
until the morning light. Don't think I'll last the night lying here without you. Every night I go to bed hoping that I dream of you. And every day I fall again and our love is made brand new. I can't stand being so far away, so far apart. My love, you have my future, my everything, my heart. Every time I think about you, my heart skips a beat. And I get to wishing that you Outside of Birmingham, I worked in uh, in in Missouri at a radio station, and our owners were from uh, somewhere in Alabama. But he insisted, uh, "No, no, it's Alabama." Really? From there, it's from Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. 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 No, Bama. Bama. Yeah. Bama. B U M A. Alabama. Yeah. I'm gonna try to throw that one in. Yeah. We're with Brendan Young. We'll be right back with him in just a minute. But first, let's talk about this. I don't like cats. I had cats. I don't like cats. Now, though, maybe I would be able to like them again. Kitty's Litter Box, a new innovation to the litter box, takes away a lot of that which I dislike about cats mainly. The litter box. Kitty's Litter Box is a completely biodegradable litter system that eliminates the hassle of cleaning out the litter box, changing the litter, you know, yeah, that litter box. But all you have to do is open it up. Then after Kitty has done her business or his business or whatever, you simply close the box. And after about 30 days, after they've you know done their business, you just throw it away. 
That's it. Done. None of that extra cleaning of the litter box. None of the nastiness that I had to deal with, you know, washing it down, spraying it down, this, you know, sanitizing and so on and so forth. Kitty's litter box. It makes ease of cleaning the litter box by eliminating the need to clean it. You just throw it away. So if you love cats, and people do, you're going to love your cat even more with Kitty's Litter Box. Available at kittieslitterbox.com. All lowercase, no hyphens, no commas, nothing. Kittieslitterbox.com. It's perfect. I also wanted to ask you, as we just talked about Bummer, Alabama, are you a oh, yeah. Tide fan? Do you roll uh, Yes, tide? yeah. I, I am. I'm not really a big, big time football fan. Uh, I, for the most part, could not care less. But, um, you know, I am a Bama fan just because I like uh, rooting for the winning team. So, <laughs> <laughs> Look, sorry, uh, anybody else? I'm sorry. Yeah. A, a guy that I grew up with who calls me the oldest man he knows, meaning he's known me longer than anybody else that he's ever known somebody, lives in Huntsville. And run oh. some gym equipment thing down there. And uh, uh, when he moved down there, it was about the same time Gene Stallings came in as the coach. Gene Stallings used to coach the St. Louis Cardinals when they were in St. Louis. So my dad became this huge Crimson Tide fan. I got, uh, uh, he passed, but when he passed, we were going through his stuff and I found some of the stuff. I got him like a Alabama Roll Tide sweatshirt and ball cap and stuff like that. So I, you know, oh, that's great. Yeah, it was pretty cool, and then, and it's not unusual. I'll just say because I'm also my theater, my theater and music background kind of kept me out of sports, I guess, because you, know, mm -hmm. you can't do both. So that's that's what I did as well. But I still I love sports. I'm a big hockey fan. I'm a big Saints fan. Sorry for oh, all yeah. you people that that don't like my Saints, but <laughs> who that? You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we're we're going to talk about another one of your songs, and and. I bring this up periodically because some musicians don't like to talk about things uh, that are very personal, very private, you know, but the, the next song or the last song we're going to talk about is called, called pray one day you'll find. And anytime I see a song title with the word pray or Lord or heaven or God or anything with any kind of a religious overtone, I ask before we go on the air, if they're comfortable with talking about their faith and you're okay with this. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, sir. But let's talk a little bit about your faith, if you would. And this is again, this is not an evangelical show, so we're not, we're not going to be preaching to people. It's just that I yeah. think it's all a part of what makes singer songwriters. It's 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 another one of those influences, like we were talking about. You know, uh, mm -hmm. your background in theater, your background in music, your background here, and I think your faith plays a part of that. So tell me how that works with you. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, I guess. You know, coming from a bluegrass background to start with, with, with like we mentioned earlier, that was kind of where I started learning guitar and everything. You know, just growing up in uh, in a small, you know, middle of nowhere country churches and stuff like that. Um, you know, that kind of very acoustic music uh, played a, a big part on kind of my influence and growing and everything. And you know, I played uh, in in those churches as i was growing up you know playing the hymns and all that and uh all of my cousins play something and they they have the same kind of background so you know it's kind of a family thing i think uh you know that kind of uh style of music being a big influence on 
sort of where I got my start, I guess. So yeah, yeah, that that's something that, you know, I'm fine with putting into, into my stuff these days too. So many, so many musicians had their start. I mean, and that, not just, you know, country or bluegrass. I mean, Donna Summer, Mm -hmm. the disco queen, she used to sing in church, you know? Oh yeah. I think Dolly Parton got her start in church too. And, and surprise me. Yeah. yeah. And, and speaking of Dolly and bluegrass, I'm going to throw another name at you. See if you've ever crossed paths with uh, Rhonda Vincent. Oh, I know that name too. She, uh, another another female Missouri, vocalist of the year, uh, right? Yeah, she's from Northern oh, Missouri. That's awesome. But she, uh, yeah, she was the female vocalist of the year for the Bluegrass Association for like a number of years back. You know, she's still around and still recording oh, that's so and cool. stuff. I think she's in Nashville now. But she got her start. I always tell people that I'm taking credit for it. But I, I worked at a radio station up in Kirksville, Missouri, and she <laughs> lived in this little town called Green Top, Missouri, where I also lived. Population was like 62 people, you know, <laughs> but she came to me one day at the radio station, said, I want to buy an hour of your time on Saturday evenings. It was you know, slow time for us. And said, OK, what do you want to do? She goes, I want to do bluegrass. I said, fine. So her and her band, the Sally Mountain Show, came in and set up in the studio. And every Saturday they played music or she'd interview someone that was in town or she'd you know, just do a solo act of her own for an hour. It was fabulous. And it brought it brought it together you know what i mean because country has its roots in bluegrass and bluegrass without country it's just it's like it's like pizza without cheese you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that is great i I, want to drop her name as often as i can because eventually she's going to want to be on the show then see (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) so so, uh you're christian i assume right Mm -hmm. yes and uh, and your wife did you meet her in church or or do you have a a church relationship or what's that like Uh, yes and no okay the the this is the fun part um our families knew each other from like 15 years before uh we ever met and uh because we had gone to our families had gone to the same church for a while and so our families knew each other and then uh we ended up connecting because of uh my my day job that I mentioned earlier her family had come and uh seen they somehow her mom had recognized me and this has been you know it's been 15 years since they've seen me at all but her mom recognized me they looked me up they found that I was going to be playing a gig in Birmingham oh, and funny. her mom forced her they came uh her and her mom came to a gig and, uh, and, and that this is, this is where the connection happened. I said, who likes Ed Sheeran? Cause I was doing some covers and, uh, and Hannah, my wife was the only one to raise her hand. So I said, this one's for you. And oh. she recorded it and put it on Instagram, tagged me. Wow. And, um, and then at that point when I went and looked at her profile, saw that we had some, you know, commonalities mm-hmm. found out. Oh, our families know each other from church 15 years ago. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. That's funny. Yeah. And then it, it's it all went from there. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the insurance song? I'm gonna guess it was photograph. No, no, it was thinking out loud. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Darling, I will be. Yep. Yep, yep. So good. Great song. So, uh, yeah, it's a great <laughs> song. And, and and when we get done here, I don't want to bore the audience with personal stuff here, but I'll tell you about a story with me and my girlfriend. And that's cheering. Yeah, it's funny. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, do you get asked to play a church? Because now you're, yeah. you're you're getting a certain prominence, and I guess regionally, right? 
right? To, well, I guess to a certain degree. I mean, you know, I a lot of the a lot of uh, my gigs uh, around are um, country clubs, and uh, so I'm fairly regularly uh, playing at, at a local country club and and playing like farmers markets and restaurants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I I do uh, I play guitar for uh, our our church's uh, worship band. Um, as well as do the the production side of it with running lights and stuff like that. So I kind oh, of okay. I try to I try to learn every bit that I can, and you know, at some point I'll finally do the the vocal team and hopefully get to play and sing at the same time. But yeah, just kind of enjoying that and uh, do doing with, doing something other than my normal normal gigs. Do you stay with traditional hymns, or do you do some of the more contemporary stuff? Uh, you know, Michael Mark. Our our particular uh church is is a non-denominational and it is it is more the contemporary worship songs and stuff like that like the but i still do game. you know any any time i yeah 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 any time any time that i'm around uh like i said earlier my cousins all play and everything and and they uh they are uh leadership at a a very small baptist church in Aniana. like i said again away earlier in the conversation where I'm originally from. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, anytime I'm hanging out with them, we're always jamming to, you know, different hymns, I'll fly away, Beulah land, all that great stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. How fun, man. How fun. Uh, I, I had a thought that I was going to think when you get to be my age, you know, you get these <laughs> thoughts, you don't write them down. They're gone. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I have the same issue sometimes, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm 30, uh, and I was, I, I was I'm like, wow, you. I'm old. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, found out my one of my nephews is going to be 50 in a, in a little bit. And that, that was enough for me. Uh, I was going to ask you about oh, a, a gospel album. Any any idea or any thought of ever doing a gospel album? It would be a lot of fun. I think it would be a lot of fun to try doing something where, you know, taking uh, specifically like the gospel songs, like you said, you know, something with the the, the very – the hymns and everything and doing, I always really enjoy hearing the interpretations that a lot of people do with kind of modernizing them. Does yeah. that make sense? You know, yeah, doing absolutely. a bluegrassy version, a, a more like, you know, modern bluegrass version, uh, like, you know, Claire Lynch type or something like that. Um, the Petersons up in, yeah. in, in yeah, Branson. Right. Yeah. They're awesome. Um, so, you know, doing something like that, I think would be a lot of fun. I haven't, haven't put any plans together for it, but I think it would be really enjoyable and uh, maybe something I pursue in the future. That'd be cool. It, it sounds like something that, that would fit, you know, given your mm-hmm. history and, and, and again, that, that making you a blue or a, a gospel artist, but doing a gospel mm-hmm. album, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I think a yeah. lot of country musicians, bluegrassy musicians have that influence too. So it, I think it would be fitting. like you said. Yeah. So since we're, we're talking about all this religion stuff, Let's get to your last song here. And it's a uh, pray one day you'll find pray one day you'll find what or who. Yeah. So that one is, um, is one that was very heavily influenced by my relationship. And, uh, it was, uh, it was another one of those songs that kind of came together really, really quickly. Um, I actually, I intentionally wrote it for a show that we were going to do a full band show doing all original music um we were going to uh my band and i were going to open for james leblanc wow. uh in muscle shoals if you're familiar with his name uh james leblanc and he has a band called the winchesters they are awesome 
um, go check him out. But he's he's a songwriter in Muscle Shoals, and I was living in, in the Shoals at the time. When I came back from Branson, my family was in the Shoals, so I just went there and was up there for a time. Uh, you know, the Shoals is famous for being mentioned in Sweet Home Alabama. You got the Swampers, you got Fame Recording Studios. By the, way, it's a, by the way, it's, a, it's a, great, a great documentary if you haven't seen it before. It really is. It's amazing. It really is. I was blown yeah, away like, with it. Oh, good. man. It, it's so good. It really is. And it, it's amazing hearing the history. Just yeah. the the incredible just coincidence that that all of that happened. It's just crazy because it's just like, you know what? Uh, why don't we try this out? And they didn't know what it was going to become. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it's really amazing. The history. So, uh, yeah, forever. Uh, one of my favorite places and even, uh, mentioned in a few songs that I've written and stuff like oh, that. Oh, really? But, How cool. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, Colbert County in so, okay. That that's actually the, the story about with James LeBlanc, uh, we were doing a fundraiser, um, uh, and it was, uh, at the Shoals theater, uh, which is funny because it's it's in uh, Florence, which is across the river from the Shoals. But still, you know, that's beside the point. We uh, we were getting open for James LeBlanc and his band. Now, James is known for writing modern day Bonnie and Clyde, made famous by Travis Tritt. He's an amazing songwriter and he's from the Shoals area. So we were um, we got the opportunity to, to do an opening act for his band for a fundraiser for the theater. And so uh, after that, got the opportunity to to write with him, um, and it was it was amazing. Wrote a song, went to fame, and got to go up into wow. a writer's room with him and everything. And that was just such a cool experience that and a, awesome. one of my favorite songs. But uh, yeah, pray one day you'll find was one that I, I wanted to have one more original song for that show, and. You know, that line, uh, Alabama sunset, I was just looking out the window, literally sitting there with my guitar, looking out the window, seeing the sunset and and just just had the idea for, you know, this song. And it was one of those, again, that kind of came together really, really quickly, uh-huh. uh, which whenever you're writing, you just don't really expect. But then you it just just happens and it just writes itself. And it's just one of those amazing feelings as a songwriter, as you understand. And um well, yeah, yet. it was. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting there yet, but yeah, I know it's me now. You yeah. just start writing, and all of a sudden, it just it's you're, there. And you're just like, what, what, what just happened? Exactly. Yeah. So it was like maybe like five or ten minutes. Had it down. I was like, man, I cannot believe that this just came together in just the perfect way. Wow. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. That's neat. Well, let's give it a listen. Okay. You're, anything else you want to say about it? Okay. This is, no, you, I mean, that's you know, it. Dedicate this, yeah. dedicate this to your wife while we're on the air here. Yeah, absolutely. Hannah. Dedicate it to my wife, Hannah. And this you. one's about you. Yeah. There you go. We're with Brendan Young. And Alabama is our state this week. And the Music of America podcast and the song we're going to listen to now is Very One Dead You'll Find. think of love well she's the meaning she's the magic of the morning star she's the 
simple life like the days of old She's the feeling stirring deep inside my soul And I, oh, when I strum the soul guitar Yeah, I pull her close neat that Alabama sunset And I whisper in her ear that I'm gone Myself, I'm not really alone She's the smile on my face And that love song on the radio She's with me everywhere I go I love to think about the future that I see My dreams are waking up with her right there by me Oh, to think that all of this started with hello Sunset, and I whisper in her ear that I'm gonna make her mine. Her kind of love is the kind you'll never forget. She's the kind of woman that you pray one day you'll find. Oh, you pray one day. Great song. I hope she 
appreciate you dedicating it to her. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll have to uh, tell her, hey, check out this podcast, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we've been visiting with uh, Brendan Young from, well, we're going to say Birmingham, just outside of Birmingham, Alabama. Where do we find you? What's coming up this summer? Are you touring? Are you got an album CD coming out? Are you in festivals? What's up? Man, so um, really just, uh, you know, check out, uh, I guess, my Facebook page to kind of see when and where. Uh, you know, if you just look up Brendan Young Music, um, a lot of uh, doing little farmers markets and restaurants and stuff like that. You know, um, I, I am I am making it a point to do all the the fun gigs that I can. I want to I want to try to really pursue quality over quantity of gigs. So keep track of that. It'll show you when and where I'm going to be. And uh, yeah, you can find music on YouTube and Reverb Nation. Real good. Thank you. And we've been talking with Brendan Young and the Music of America podcast. Join us tomorrow because we've got another guest coming from the South. That's right. We're coming back tomorrow. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Thank you again for listening to the Music of America podcast.